Welcome to the second retrospective review series, this time on A Nightmare on Elm Street, airing on YouTube weekly with uh, Paul from CBSI. Wanted to tack this on to the beginning of the episode, as what you'll be hearing here is an uncut version of our live YouTube stream, which can be found by searching Bored and Annoyed on YouTube. Uh, make sure and do that to subscribe. There are video clips and that sort of thing, so that really is the preferred way to watch that. Um, and I've also thrown a link in the description here, so if you want to follow us on, uh, on YouTube and check out these episodes as they air live, it would be appreciated. Uh, and we would always like some uh, viewer feedback as well as to take part during the episode in the chat. So again, I hope you enjoy this, the first episode of the Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective review series. Paul, you dressed for the wrong show. Oh, God damn it! We're we're done with Friday the Thirteenth, Paul. I mean, all, wait a few. Only there were more. <laughs> yes, right. Well, there's one more, kind of, right? True. That we didn't get to. True. Uh, but yeah, anyways, uh, welcome everyone to the next uh, retrospective review series we're doing. This one on Friday, or excuse me, I almost did it. We joked <laughs> talking about it. This one on A Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, I am Jackson of Just Annoyed, and with me is Paul. And as usual, Paul, can you uh, kind of explain where everybody can find you and what you guys do? Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on Instagram. Um my name's up here on the screen, uh, Paul's Problem CBSI with some underscores between the words. And you can also find me on the Tales from the Flipside YouTube channel. Um, we got a conglomeration of shows, but uh, I try to make it to Monday night's um, Flipside show. And uh, we just kind of talk comics and, and shoot the breeze. So if that doesn't uh, catch, your, catch your eye, there's some... Other shows, I uh, got a got a new comic book women show that uh, is doing pretty good. Some Star Wars stuff, so check it out. Thank you, sir. And of course, you can also see Paul uh, every other week uh, on the Bored and Annoyed YouTube channel where you're at now. Uh, he also appears every other week on the Downright Nerdy Podcast YouTube channel to review movies. Uh, this weekend, we're reviewing The Professional, so um, we never seem to know when we're going to do that, but Saturday or Sunday night, typically, and hopefully Paul's there and he watched the whole movie this time. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but yes, anyways, Freddy Krueger this time. So we've done the whole Jason thing. Um, lots of Jason movies. We got through all those. It only makes sense to do the other, um, you know, the, the number one or number two or three or four biggest slasher, Freddy Krueger, um, starting with the first movie from 1984. Uh, Wes Craven wrote and directed this. Um, and this was in the, I guess it would be the, you know, the... Um, when slashers reign supreme, right? You had Halloween had come out. There were a couple Friday the 13th movies at this time. And Nightmare on Elm Street uh, was something new and quite different in a few different ways from any of the others. So, Paul, I guess, you know, let's start with your kind of history with this franchise. Uh, from what I understand, it's not much, um, but as well as your general thoughts on the movie. Yeah, uh, not much history, just seen clips here and there. I think my wife and I watched it all the way through maybe last year, <clears throat> if I remember right. But um, 
you know, it's just kind of casual versus, Hey, I'm going to review this with a, with a buddy. So I want to pay closer attention, but I liked it. I think it's, I think it's cool. It came out, I think four years after, um, Friday the 13th, um, still in that slasher time frame or that era. But, um, I, I liked it a lot. I think it's, I can definitely see why, um, I think you like Freddy the franchise more than, or the most, I think it just, the first one has, they establish a lot, a lot of depth, a lot more depth in my opinion than, than Friday the uh, 13th series of who, who he is and how he attacks people is seems like there's more different ways that that can happen versus just kids banging at a camp. <laughs> yeah. You know, it is funny. It's like, I, you know, I understand like there's the Jason fans who love Jason the most. And I, I kind of get that, but it would be hard for me to understand anyone who was just taking the first two movies and comparing them because there is so much more to chew on in the first nightmare movie than Friday the 13th. You know, right, right. Uh, there's way more going on. I feel like the characters are a little bit more relatable. Um, you know, obviously one of the unique things is unlike, you know, I think Leatherface, Michael Myers and Jason, Freddie has a personality and his mm -hmm. face, you can see his face. So he gets to actually give like a, a legitimate performance, you know, yeah. So, so yeah, I, uh, I love these movies. These are like, you know, it was Star Wars and Nightmare on Elm Street would be the two franchises that kind of made me love movies. So I'm excited to go through all these again. <laughs> uh, like Friday the 13th, there are some major ups and downs, um, as you can probably imagine with any one of these where it's just one cash grab after another through the series. Uh, but yeah, I think I like Nightmare on Elm Street mainly because of Freddy. He's very interesting. He's funny as hell. Um, and it's a very unique, weird concept of the idea of, um, you know, spoilers for anyone who doesn't want to know plot. But basically, he is a child murderer that was caught and let off on a technicality. So all of the parents in town um, found out where he kind of took his kids when he killed them. Uh, burned him alive and he is back to seek retribution basically he's basically making it so the kids are kind of living with the the, the sins of their fathers so to speak right, right right so it's a very like neat intriguing concept now um beyond that obviously it's kind of cool you get some some good dream stuff and i know we were kind of talking about that uh the music's good in it but um, but yeah, the the dream the dream like sequences where it's like it's a very tough uh you know rope to walk I would say because it's like right. you don't want it to look so fakey that it's not scary right mm -hmm. um but there are some neat things in there and I know one of the things that you brought up that is fun uh is there is uh, this scene you know everybody's kind of had that dream where they either can't punch or they're they're stuck running in place or whatever but you know this would be an example of what i'm talking about here So yeah, you specifically <laughs> brought that up. So what did you like about that bit there? I guess it it just totally got me. Just totally caught me off guard of her just running up the stairs. Like, all right, it's going to be a quick sequence. She's up the stairs, and then he's chasing her, or breaks the door down, or whatever. And it's just like, wait, what? The 
the heck is that? And has, I, I just called them marshmallow stairs because it looked, I mean, I don't know if that's what they meant it to be or if that's what it's supposed to be, but um, I, I just thought it was awesome. A, a unique, uh, cool way of, you know, replacing quicksand or running slow or, or, you know, everything along those lines. Yeah. I know for me, the big one for me in dreams is like, if I've ever gotten in a fight in a dream, when I go to punch, it's like, I can't punch. I, right. I can't, it doesn't make any sense. Like logically that you, you would think like the moment that happens, you know, you're in a dream, but it's not really how it works. Um, that seems funny too, because, uh, this was a movie, basically Freddy Krueger, uh, he is known, or New Line Cinema is known as the, uh, and we've got the kiddos joining Paul, you know, I mean, they're always involved. <laughs> or maybe gotta, it's not I gotta, the kiddos. I gotta get a kiss goodnight in. Okay, well, hey, let's let's watch this real quick. This is important. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think of this one, Jovi? Is that a cool one? Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's just like uh that's just like um what was it like part five or part four of Friday the thirteenth, where the kid's gonna be the next Jason, they set it up. Yeah, right. It's ruined. Exactly. But no, um, the funny thing about this is so New Line Cinema is known as the house that Freddie built because they were just this tiny little studio. Uh, and basically they took this risk by giving Wes Craven the money to make this movie. Um, you know, people had read the script and thought it sounded stupid, whatever, but they took the risk on it. And, and Bob Shea's the producer, and he's he's a little bit of an obnoxious guy. He's like the, the guy who started New Line. And um he uh, he basically that scene was his idea. Oh, wow. um, and Wes Craven just kind of like said, all right, fine, we'll put it in the movie, you know, but I actually think it's one of the most dreamlike ideas in the movie. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember yeah. In the, the very opening scene. She's kind of looks like she's running slow um, as well. Um, they're just not able to run as fast as she as she wants. But yeah, the marshmallow, marshmallow stairs. I'm just going to keep calling them that. I thought it was a brilliant ad. I mean, it is. They it had to have had some. The way they made it had to have involved marshmallows. Like I, it just looks like marshmallows. Yeah. <laughs> but um. But yeah. No. Beyond that, I mean, I guess it makes sense to talk about uh, kills in this. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, there's some very clever kills in this. Did you have a favorite one? I guess would be one question. Um. Maybe after we run through him, I liked how they built him up. Like he's either he has all his power or his abilities and he's just choosing to bring him on slow to toy with the kids or he himself is getting more and more powerful. Like she wakes up in the beginning and she has a dream, but she wakes up and there's cuts in her, um, in her nightgown and her mom's like, you should just trim your nails <laughs> as the <Yeah>. excuse. <laughs> I like I like the fact that the that's another aspect of this movie that parents don't believe their children. Like, you know, and, and the whole time throughout the series, it's a bunch of kids who are basically being, um, you know, told that they're they're crazy by everyone around them. And meanwhile, it's their parents that set them up with this bullshit. Right. Right. Um, yeah. The, the mom has his glove still. Right. Yes. The mom even has his glove and, and she pulls at one point, she grabs his hat out of the dream and has oh, yeah. it. And she still doesn't believe her. Yeah. Uh, but then, 
But then part of me is like, okay, well, that, you know, that makes sense that you wouldn't believe it just because it's so bizarre, you know, like what, why would you believe that somebody, um, you know, uh, why would you believe that somebody could, could kill or kill someone in their dreams? But I'm trying to think of what the kills were. So you had uh, the first one, obviously, um, in the movie, I believe it's the first kill in the movie, uh, is this one here. And this one's probably my favorite, um, just because it's pretty horrific. Yeah, the the sound of like the blood puddle that she lands in when she falls back down on the bed. I love that shit. And <laughs> and the fact that like in the 80s, I mean, they built this room that would spin on its axis and they've got cameramen strapped in and everything's oh, glued wow. down in the room. So, um, you know, you really have to appreciate what it went into that. But there's only four in this. So there's Tina, which is that one. Um, Rod, which is the guy who is hung by. Um, oh, yeah. What, yeah, he's he's in jail. Uh, mm -hmm. Basically, everybody thinks he did it. He was the one who was just in the room with her, um, and he's in jail. He gets hung by by Freddy, or is it hanged? Hanged by Freddy? Hung by Freddy? I don't know. I got to work on my English language. I'd have to ask my wife. But there you go. Yeah, the the women are always smarter. But um, <laughs> yeah. So there's that, and then there is obviously the um, you know well known uh, death of a big movie star who made his first ever appearance in this movie. I think that one is my favorite. Just him being sucked into the bed um, is just 
claustrophobic um, as as much as it is, you know, terrifying. I don't even think there's that much blood in the human body. I was just going to say, yeah. now you work in the medical uh, <laughs> industry. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of human blood in our bodies, but um, that much? Maybe they use one of those, like, water-saving um, faucets. Maybe Freddie had one of those where it adds air to it, so it looks like more volume. Could be. Now, uh, that was actually the uncut version that he gets spit out at the end. He gets spit I, out. Yeah, of the I, didn't, that is, I didn't remember that in the one. Yeah, that's that. not in the movie. I think it's pretty sweet, though. Although, you would think if somebody bled that much, they're mulch, right? Like, there's... I mean, yeah. how how on earth would he still be in any sort of recognizable form right. um, if that happened? But again, they reuse that room. Um, Johnny Depp's first movie. A lot of people are, <laughs> are surprised to hear that. Um, and I thought he was pretty good. Like, yeah. You know, yeah I um, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, um, I think during that scene, he was supposed to stay awake and call her or something like that, uh, unless that's a different part of the movie. But what I was getting at is, um, yeah, I've, I've worked my fair share of I've been awake for my fair share of, you know, 20 plus 24 plus hour blocks. And you get to a point where you just you're asleep and you, <laughs> you can't not sleep. It's yeah. extremely difficult. Yeah, and you're you're currently on hour what of not sleeping? By the way, Paul, where are you? Oh, right now? I'm good now. I got I got it. It all for me. I'll do a big I'll do a big big shift, and uh, I'll get a couple hours of sleep, or however it works out, because um, it's a 24 hour operation. But um, it it'll usually hit me tomorrow or the next day. I'll just be groggy and it'll just be crummy. But um, sweet. The life that uh, we yeah. have to lead sometimes. Lead sometimes. There you go. I uh, okay. So yeah, that Johnny Depp. Apparently, they wanted Charlie Sheen, but uh, Charlie hmm. Sheen asked for too much money. Um, so you know, would Johnny Depp have still been a movie star and made his way to Hollywood without this movie? Probably. But it's kind of fun to think that yeah. this is his first, and it, it's a, it's weird to imagine all the other actors in the movie who. At the time, you know, they were probably all just young kid friends who mm -hmm. whatever. And then one of them just fucking blows up. <laughs> um, another star of the movie gets just typecast as Freddy Krueger. He really doesn't do anything too much of note outside of this. Uh, and Johnny Depp. Yeah, he's he's the man. But the only other kill in this uh, would be <clears throat> would be uh, Marge, who's the mother. Um, now, I do want to talk about the mother, too, because... <laughs> Actually, both of the parents, I like the characters quite a bit. Yeah, they're they're uh, they're just strong deniers. Yes, like they yes. just they wanted it to be done, um, and forget the their their own their own. You know, I don't know if the right words would be righteous sins of you know taking this murderer off the planet or contributing to it, and just they wanted it to be done, and all of a sudden it's coming back to haunt them through their children, and it's just what worse way to is there a worse way to get back at somebody than through their family probably not yeah and, and and like it's funny too yeah the parents are both very different um one of them is a straight edge like police officer who you know they're divorced and the the there's the straight edge police officer who's just like no nonsense type guy he's played by uh john saxon and the mom is a drunk uh, and a lot of the drama in the movie, and you know, I'm not sure how well a lot of it ages because I went and saw this in the theater a few years ago um, for like a five dollar <laughs> retro screen. Oh, fun! Yeah, and um, 
there's a lot of giggling at the mother. And it's funny because it's really not that funny of a, of a concept, like dealing with a drunk ass mom <laughs> like that. I mean, it's fucking horrible. Didn't you know, she? Or, didn't didn't the daughter come home to barred windows? Yes, yes. They <laughs> bar up the the mom bars up the windows to stop her from going outside because she like sneaks out to check on uh what's his name um uh uh Rod Rod Lane the boyfriend um yeah they bar up the windows it just looks like she's in a in a nut house um and yeah there's like. There's a scene, one of my favorite scenes in the movie, and I think it's probably, I mean, it's the lore of the Nightmare on Elm Street series. So it could be the most important scene of the entire series is Nancy comes home and uh, the mother is trying to like, you know, settle her down like, hey, you know, he can't hurt you. We killed mm. him. But the way that that scene is presented of like, hey, come down to the basement, <laughs> shows the glove. She says something along the lines of like, uh, you know, she tell, basically tells the story about how they all went and got him and they burned him alive at a boiler or a power plant or wherever the hell it was uh, and says, you know, he can't kill you, sweetie, because mommy killed him. And it's <laughs> yeah. just like <laughs> she has some grid lines. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I uh, yeah, she's she's a um, she's a she's a really well thought out character. I mean, I, I actually think. I actually think as far as like a final girl type too, that Nancy is a really good protagonist character and that she's extremely strong. She has a real character. Um, you, you get to know like the demons she's dealing with, with these crazy parents. Right. So um, I think she's one of the best like final girl protagonist character, certainly better than anything we got in the Jason movies, except maybe, um uh Tommy Jarvis I guess would be one that was you know pretty good but yeah I was gonna I, I was looking at the IMBD and uh Tina is the first kill right um yes I I they they did a really good lead up to thinking she was the main character yes and then just surprise offed her uh, I thought that was a good a good transition too yeah, they definitely do make you believe she's the protagonist at the beginning. It's very right. true. Um, having seen this movie now 8,000 times, I forget <laughs> that. But yeah, they do. They've in first scene is her in a dream. Um, it's a very actually the, the opening scene is great too. Like the opening shot of just him building the glove with like the hard, yeah. heavy breathing. And yeah, it's fucking awesome. But yeah, I mean. I guess, you know, if we were to talk about, you know, some more fun stuff in this movie, um, there is a, a negative. Uh, there is this amazing, amazing shot here of, yes, and I'm going to put the still shot up too so that everybody can see. There is a scene at Ooh. the end of the movie uh, where this horrible doll is used uh, instead of Nancy's mother. Um, and, and let's real quick, let's talk about the ending. So it's set up uh, that basically uh, uh, Johnny Depp's character tells Nancy about, you know, hey, there's this book I read about the dreams. And basically they said, you know, you turn your back on it, it takes all their power away, yada, yada, yada. So uh, the way that Freddie gets killed um, is this.
I know you too well now, Freddy. You die. It's too late, Kruger. I know the secret now. This is just a dream. You're not alive. This whole thing is just a dream. I want my mother and friend again. What? I take back every bit of energy I gave you. You're nothing. So that's how she beats him. But she goes outside that door and all of her friends are back. Her mother's right. back. Everyone's back. Um, and then she gets in the car with her friends and it turns into like the Freddy mobile and drives off. Mm -hmm. And then the mom gets pulled in. The, the dummy gets pulled in through the door. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, any questions from you? I know it's a little confusing. The, the doll thing was always confusing to me. Uh, it, you know, the, the car, I guess, would be maybe a dream within a dream of, uh, of because obviously her friends were killed in, in reality. Um, so everyone couldn't really be in that car, especially when it turns into the Freddy car. But um, the doll thing, I just never understood the artistic choice for that mom being pulled through the door in that manner. You know, that's a good point because you're in Nancy's dream, assumedly, right? So when she drives off, like, why is the, you know, what's the point of that? Um, you know, who's dreaming that the mother was pulled through the door? Yeah. But I think this was just all these movies back in the day. And Wes Craven fought against this ending. He didn't want this mm. ending because he just wanted it to be a solid, you know, hey, she vanquishes evil and it's over right. and everybody's happy. But, you know, you got to make money. So you always put the stinger in at the end for the sequel. Yeah. Uh, and it really makes no sense. I mean. Yeah, it's 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 too many, too many veins. Um, but what do you get if you don't do too many veins? You just get a floating, you know, a floating mask in the in the lake or a, or eyes opening. So it's like you can't. What are you going to do? You can't satisfy the audience because it's. Well, does it does it take? I mean, if you take it literally, it really just takes away all the power of the ending and what she did, right? Because it didn't do it literally. Right. Like, uh, you know, I didn't have the whole scene in there, but literally, that her opening the door and walking out—that's the yeah. scene. Like it's daylight, all of a sudden. So yeah, so immediately, um, immediately, it's uh, it's totally taken all of the weight out. Now, does it matter? You can just kind of pretend that's there as a good chuckle, whatever. Maybe it doesn't matter. Uh, but that doll, that doll bit is terrible. I mean, this yeah. thing, this thing <laughs> is just, I, you know, we're supposed to be professionals. That, right. that, that is just fucking awful. That was, That's the best they could do. That was the day the money officially ran out. Right. <laughs> uh, now, another thing uh, that I like, or that, that is fun, um, that is just, and it's kind of mean. Um, it's kind of mean for me to do this, but there is something that once you see it in this movie, you uh -oh. can't you can't turn back. Uh, uh, the main character Nancy has a gigantic zit on her forehead throughout the entire movie. 
Oh, man. Um, yeah, so the next time you watch this, Paul, uh, you'll be staring at it the entire time. Now, it, it's so bad that there's a, there's a scene where she goes to a, like, dream expert, and she does, like, a sleep study, right? And they, yeah. um, they yeah, covered it that. up. They oh, covered shit. it up. <clears throat> so. Oh, man. So, yes. Now, uh, uh, still, love, still love the character. But, yeah, isn't that? But, but it works because she's in high school, right? Yeah, it works. It works. I, I was getting a, a haircut one time and I had bad acne and like somehow the, the woman cutting my hair because my mom just made appointments and stuff like that back then, like, like bumped something. And she, it was like my something on my forehead started bleeding. I was just like sitting there like, oh, she's like dabbed it. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I hit you there. And I was like, let's just pretend that never happened. Like, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to uh, point that out to uh, whoever I'm watching it with. Now, what's going to be fun throughout this series uh, is to talk about Freddy. Um, and in the first yeah. movie, you barely see him. I would say that this is the best look you really get of the character. Right <laughs> Please, God. This is God. And there's that slow running that you uh, mentioned as well. <laughs> yeah, oh, and it, it, I think uh, that that part starts to establish. Um, uh, sorry to cut you off, but like that. No, you're good. Is, the dream world is Freddy's. Like he can make whatever he wants happen, which is almost a mind a, a mind f in its own because it's like he could just end it whenever he wants, assumingly. But sure. he's like, I'm just going to toy with you and grow long arms and cut my fingers off and, and make you watch. And, and yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a great like uh, silhouette. And yeah. it's funny because it looks, it's weird because it's one of those things where like, it looks cheaply done. Like you can tell they just have like fishing line on the end of these long things, mm -hmm. that, but it works in its favor. Like if that was a CGI effect or something, oh, yeah, absolutely. it's way less creepy. You know what I mean? So, so a lot of that stuff works in the movie's favor. Um, but yeah, he, it's going to be fun to watch you go through this because he, this character is, I mean, it's, you know, whether or not you find this scary, fine. I mean, horror is subjective, right? But, but in this movie, he's a creepy character. Um, there's nothing, I mean, he has the the one joke, he, the only joking he does in this is to be sadistic and scare the shit out of the people he's chasing. Like, there's one scene where he cuts his fingers off, or he slices his, like, chest open, and these, like, maggots come out of it, you oh, know? Yeah. Um, but that's really the extent of his jokiness. Now, as we go through the series, he becomes more and more... Or, it's harder and harder to take him seriously. And I'll be interested in, cause this is the, is this the only one you've seen? Like that you can remember it now anyway? I've seen bits and pieces of other ones that, that are just that uh, what comes to mind is just kind of like, it's the dream world of just crazy, bizarre. Sure. Scenes. And so it's just clips here and there in my head. Um, I am curious, which I don't remember ever seeing is if he ever tricks them in the, in in the dream world by not appearing with a burned face. Uh, if he tricks them with his, I, I don't know. I've, so I'm just, if I were writing the movie, like, man, this sounds like a cool idea. Can we throw it in where he, he doesn't have a burned face and they don't recognize him until he reveals himself and then either kills him or scares the heck out of him. 
Stay tuned. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so okay. So that's pretty much it for the first Nightmare on Elm Street review here. Um, great movie. It's a classic. Uh, it is, you know, a, a throwback to a different time, so to speak. Um, and it's, it's, you know, at, at this point, I feel like maybe you could get someone else to play Freddy if you just watch this movie. But as we go... Uh, Robert England is he's the man. So were um were any of the other kids were all of the kids' parents involved in the murder? Is that why they were all being chased by Freddie? Because I feel like they only focused on Nancy as being the parents who were involved in the murder. But then I like the you know the theme song of you know one, two, Freddie's coming for yeah. you, etc. So my assumption is that like at least Glenn's parents across the street were, I would imagine, um, because, you know, it's a group of the parents. Now, as you go into the sequels, more of the characters, you know, it's brought up that they were involved. So it's definitely not just the two of them, whether or not it was all their parents. That's a good question. I mean, I would think that Tina's parents are probably like, um, they seem like the absent parent types, right. right? Like the one time we see them, it's like the dad's trying to get the, get the mom to come bang him some more in the, <laughs> yeah. in the bedroom. Right? right. So, so yeah, there's some definite, uh, there's some definite like scars and guilt going around this town or Elm street, I guess. Yeah. Um, now one thing we got to talk about, I guess, cause I guess we should track this as we go through given just this movie and the knowledge you gain from watching this movie, the lore, etc., is Freddy Krueger a pedophile? Uh, from just this one, I already, I know, I know the answer, but I've given this movie, if I just, if I just box myself in, they don't, in my opinion, allude to that. Uh, not in this film. They just say he was a child murderer. He took them to his lair. I mean, I, they don't explicitly say that in this film, in my opinion. And I would agree with you. And honestly, uh, spoilers, but you know, we'll we'll watch all of these. Um, it is. It's not. It's not spoken of um, in terms where it's literal ever. I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, but but yeah, I I guess you'd have to assume he is right. I mean, just because. Just because, like that, you know, that's what you would think. I mean, why else are you kidnapping children? But then again, it's like these aren't children that he's chasing now. I mean, I guess they are technically, right. but they're not like little kids. Uh, either you know? that. I mean, there are multiple levels and types of of murderers, so it could just be he chose an audience that would always be weaker than him. So he would, in theory, always win. Um, yeah, and it's a very sick. I mean, it's the worst thing you could do is murder a kid, right? Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I guess either way is a piece of shit. I just yeah. I like I like to hope he's not because then I can laugh more at his jokes and find him fun to watch if he's not. So, you know, I guess I'll just I'll just pretend that he's not, even if you know I don't know how it was written. I would assume that if it was ever written that way, somebody went, "Nah, you can't do this." Right. You know, yeah. there were still lines even back then that, <laughs> that people are like, yeah, right. Not right now. 
But um, yeah, so uh, that about does it for the first Nightmare on Elm Street uh, review of our um, retrospective review uh, series. Obviously, part two, Freddy's Revenge, will be next. And this, uh, we're going to pair this with a documentary called Scream Queen about the actor who starred in that movie and how the uh the um the 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 basically the subtext of the movie uh which is repressed homosexuality um mm-hmm. ruined his career as an actor so uh-huh. yes it is a fascinating movie whether or not it's good <laughs> But it is fascinating. It's a very interesting movie. Um, it has become kind of a, a gay icon of a film. Hmm. Uh, so, so yeah, for part two, Freddy's Revenge, you know, coming up here soon. And uh, Paul, once again, where can uh, everybody find you? Yeah, you can find me on the Tales from the Flipside YouTube channel. Um, I try my best to make it to the the main show Monday nights about nine thirty. Um, other than that, we got bunch of different shows on the channel the newest one being comic book women and tales from the dark side our star wars show so check them out and uh, hopefully there's something on the playlist that um that you uh, get some value from i mean everybody loves star wars everybody loves star wars right i think to some degree or, or another you have to have to yeah yeah, I would agree. And yeah, I'm Jackson. Uh, you can catch my show, Just Annoyed. Uh, hopefully there's more movies for me to talk about coming out soon, um, and we will have more episodes. But uh, until then, thank you for stopping by. Make sure you um, go over to Downright Nerdy's channel and sub there so you can catch us this weekend on Downright Annoyed with Movies, where we'll be talking about Leon, the professional. <laughs> so um, everybody have a good week and uh, stay safe. <laughs>